Welcome to Calvin's Corner, the Christian radio show unlike any other Christian radio show that you've ever heard. My name's Phil Nason, he's Pastor Michael Noonan, and we're here to talk whatever. What's happening? Pastor Noonan. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. How are you? It's you, still, you enthusiastic man, you. It's still nighttime for me, technically. <laughs> I haven't been to bed yet, and I have to do my other basketball show tonight. Wow. Anyway, I'm doing great. How about you? Uh... Hang in there. Robbie Zacharias. He's uh, he's please. hanging in there too, huh? You know, it's really amazing how one thing comes out, and this isn't the first time they talked about his credentials, and other things start to come out. And then, you know, the old control the narrative comes out, and it's over now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I wrote about it this morning, and I think this is all that I really have to say about it. Uh and this is what I wrote. I said, the Rabbi Zachariah scandal has went just as I expected. Sure. He lawyered up, hired the standard PR firm, and used the mainstream Christian media whores to change the narrative to one that the insanely idolatrous free market celebrity church would accept. It will be accepted, accompanied by raging scorn for those who dared stand up to the machine. If Nathan stood up to David today, David would hire a PR firm, a host of attorneys, and sue the prophet into silence. <laughs> and that's how that works. And that's how that worked. I knew that when it happened. I, I commented to you on Twitter how it was going to come down, and you just laughed because, you know, we've been through this before. It's nothing yeah. new. And, well, you know what? That's the end of that because we're going to talk about something else today, fire-breathing Calvinists. Lovely. Fire-breathing Calvinists. You know, there's a lot of them out there. It's amazing, um, the gift of discernment. Well, let's start with that. The gift okay, of let's, discernment. Let's start with that. It doesn't exist. Okay. It, it, okay, now, all right, all right, that's fair. Now, what about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10? Can I read that to you? I, I have it up here, but feel free to read it. I, I would, because um, that one listener that we have probably would like to follow along. It may be in their car. To another, the working <laughs> of miracles to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, this is read from the ESV, so I don't get any trouble with the copyright, but that ability to distinguish between spirits is what people call the gift of discernment. And that's not what it says. No, I know. Well, go ahead. It's not what it says. Well, we have to give up the whole story it, it, here. It, it, it says that God, through the Holy Spirit, gives the ability to discern between spirits. Mm -hmm. In other words, we are aware or should be aware as Christians that there are evil, malignant spirits uh, occupying the same space as us. And they occasionally, uh, and actually frequently, um, are involved in the things of man. And God has provided um, this ability to discern between what is of him and what is of the enemy. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with uh, ascribing this spiritual gifting to uh, people who... Are, are contending against other brethren is that we are all of the same spirit. 
And so we have uh, people like uh, the late Dave Hunt, who would tell you that all Calvinists are of this wicked spirit. And how does he know? Well, because he has this gift of discernment. Yeah, but he was a fire-breathing Arminian. And then you have Calvinists, like the one you're going to bring up today. I'm going to bring up today, yes. who, Who will look at charismatics or people who don't agree with his uh, doctrine of predestination and accuse them of having this uh, a wicked spirit. It's all a load. We, we are all in Christ, even though we have different ways of understanding uh, how Christ works in redemption, how he works in baptism, how he works in the Eucharist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those differences are not the product of uh, wicked spirits. They're the product of living in a fallen world and the fact that some of the things of God are cloaked in mystery. Hey, I got something to read. That That fits what I have here. I'm glad that you read the show notes this week. Well, you always do. It doesn't mean I remember them, but I did read them this time. Yeah, it was very good because I was very busy and I didn't have time to like uh, push you in that direction. This is good. R.C. Sproul, in the Willing to Believe, the Controversy Over Free Will. It was published in 1997. He says that every Christian has errors of some sort in his thinking. Our theological views are fallible. Any distortion in our thought, any deviation from pure biblical categories may be loosely deemed unchristian or anti-Christian. The fact that our thought contains unchristian elements does not demand the inference that we, that we are therefore not Christians at all. And then here's a good, this is going to make you very happy. I agree with Packer, Dr. J.I. Packer, and Johnson, I believe that's Phil Johnson, that Arminianism contains unchristian elements in it and that their view of the relationship between faith and regeneration is fundamentally unchristian. Is this error? See, see that, that, that's just horrible. Okay. That's just horrible. Okay. I, I, uh, but he's not uh, finished. But he's not finished. Hold on, hold on. Uh, go on. Is this error so egregious that it is fatal to salvation? People often ask if I believe Arminians are Christians. I usually answer, yes, barely. They are Christians, but what we call a felicitous inconsistency. What incredible, filthy arrogance that is. Yeah, it can't be, but this is the whole point of the uh, fire-breathing Calvinist. And and it's not just Calvinists. No. Okay? Um, Virtually every sect of Christendom believes that they have the corner on truth. Mm -hmm. And that all of the other sects in Christendom are saved, but as through the fire. Right. I'm sorry, I, I can't go there. That's I, fine, I but, but the I, whole... I, used, I used to go there, mm-hmm. but the reality is when you read the scriptures without the template of your particular uh, sect overlaid on the top of it, you're going to have some real issues. Because the scripture, despite what the Calvinists or the Arminians say, 
um, isn't really clear about these things. What it's clear about is that there is a tension in Scripture between um, the will of man, or let's put it, let's, let's be more careful, between man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. Right. There, there are verses that speak to both of these issues very clearly. Mm-hmm. But what they never do is remove the tension between them. You have to hold to both to be able to have a biblical worldview, or I, mean, I don't even like the word worldview, to have a biblical insight, you have to hold many different concepts that the scriptures teach in tension. Somehow in the mind of God, both things are true. And when you go to the point of saying, that another group of Orthodox Christians, by that I mean people who um, uphold the authority of Scripture and the authority of the early creeds of the Christian faith. When, when you accuse those people of being unchristian because they disagree with you on a point of doctrine, you are the one being less than Christian. That's fair. The reason I brought that up, though, it's because as fire-breathing Calvinist as these guys are, and they're all, all of them. And in this Twitter thing, there was, because uh, this is how I got the impetus for this show, and it all came together. This was about two weeks ago, actually. This is uh, R.C. Sproul, who is admittedly Calvinist, Dr. James White, Phil Johnson, and a whole host of other dudes were retweeting the daylights out of this thing. And, and the truth is, is that as far as they are concerned, they're not damning anyone to hell. They haven't crossed that line. How, how gracious of them. Well, yeah, there you go. But how, the po- how wonderful. But I had to contrast it to, to get to this other thing. The other thing that we're talking about is going to be where we have fire-breathing Calvinists, real ones, who are damning people to hell. One such person is a I don't even want to call him a pastor, really. And I'm sure everyone out there, whoever's listening, our one listener has probably heard of pulpit and pen, or as they now call it, keyboard and slander. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> uh, Dr. Michael Brown, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's uh, He has all kinds of things going on. And J.D. Hall essentially damns him to hell, called him more dangerous than a jihadi. And because... released a bunch of emails because he is a uh, charismatic Christian. And so the argument is, is that if you're a charismatic, yes, then, and okay, that's not unusual. No, it's kind of sickening, but it's not unusual. And what you just did was you read a piece of scripture from First Corinthians chapter twelve, mm-hmm. which describes. The gifts of the Spirit. Well, uh, let's let's be clear. It describes a partial list of the gifts of the Spirit. They're coming later the, in the show. Yeah. Um, well, now we can bring them up. Well, I, I think you read them. Okay. Uh, you know, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Mm-hmm. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given 
through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to, to distinguish between spirits, to another various gifts of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. There's actually three lists in scripture of spiritual gifts, and I do not believe that any of these lists or all of the lists together are exhaustive. Nor do I. And so it is, it's simply a recognition in the scriptures that God works in uh, supernatural ways through his people. That's scripture. Now, have people taken these passages and turned them into um, some of the most ridiculous clown acts in the history of the church? Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Does this negate the fact that these things are still mentioned in Scripture? No. No, it, it, it can't. And so someone like a, a Hall or most of the Reformed people that I know are what we call cessationists. They believe that at some point the gifts, the supernatural uh, quote-unquote sign gifts of the Spirit ceased because they're only... Uh, function was to uh, validate the message that the early church was preaching. Right. Signs were for the Jews anyway. Yeah. And yeah. The, the question I would ask is, have we ever lived in a time where the truth of the gospel is in more need of validation supernaturally than now? Right. Would, would God simply cease and, 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 and this is just a little side road, that what the church has done uh, in recent years has shifted from this full life in the Spirit that the New Testament talks about to the elimination of things like this with a focus only on the written word. The written word in English in various sundry translations. And what you've done is, is said that it's the word alone now that has the power. There is no more empowerment by the Spirit to do all of these things that, uh, that we just read and we could read more about in other places. Sure. Which is an amputation in my and in, in my way of thinking, it's, it's just an amputation from the power of God. And I, call it's, it putting, it's, I call it putting God in a box. Well, yeah, and it, it's it's putting the entire faith in a box. Of course. That, you know, God only works now in this one way, and all of this other stuff was only for this time. I don't know, have you ever read the cessationist arguments? Yeah, sure, I used to be one. I mean, you want to talk about doing some in intense exegetical <laughs> gymnastics. Thank you. It's uh, I haven't had enough coffee. I haven't had any, but that's okay. I get it. Well, you know what, though? But here's the whole thing, though. Guys like J.D. Hall, though, um, and there are others like him, 
but we don't really know who they are because uh, they don't have the platform that JD has. They claim to have this gift of discernment and they hide behind it to damn everyone to hell who doesn't subscribe to every jot and tittle that they do. Well, it's not just Calvinists. I mean, for crying out loud, look at look at the, uh, you know, the Armenian oh, side my. of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, where, where you have uh, the Dave Hunts, the, uh, you know, there's, there's entire groups. George Bryson. And... and the the amazing thing is is they have their own set of um, essentials, which almost always include uh, a belief in a pre-tribulational rapture, right? And 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 they also will use this claim that they have the quote unquote gift of discernment, <laughs> and they hate all the Calvinists, right? Um, and, and the the reality again is that. The Calvinists, the Arminian, uh, the Eastern Orthodox, uh, the faithful Catholic, the Anglican, the Evangelical, all are of one spirit, being baptized into one Lord, with differences in how they interpret uh, the one sacred book of Christendom. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up, because uh, Dr. James White, from the dividing line he calls dr michael brown his brother he knows him very well they do debates together and then they debate each other if you really want to learn what each other believes those are the debates you want to listen to because you can tell that they care about each other but they also know what they're talking about that's a beautiful debate you don't see that very much in the uh online world that's for sure but this whole gift of discernment it, it's just i i just think what gives them the the gift of discernment must have came alongside with the uh, online book of life, Lamb's book of life, or maybe in J.D. Hall's case, the leather bound edition, because he seems to think that he alone is the uh, arbiter of all truth. And he seems to think that he's sitting at the head of the Bema seat and casting judgment now. Well, and there, and, and he's got a lot of company. He does he's have, but he's the one, He's the one in front of my. He's on my radar today. Well, here here's the the, the huge sin in this, in my opinion. Um, when when you start talking, when, when you say that you you are condemning somebody else because you have the gift of discernment, what you're basically saying is that God told me, and if you disagree with me, you are disagreeing with God. Right. And, uh, I mean, we've seen it in, you know, I, I write a lot about Calvary Chapel, and we've seen it um, in this Calvary Chapel split, is, is that the, the one side is going, you know, we all have the gift of discernment, and we can tell that the other side is slipping into apostasy. They love the word apostasy. Uh, and, you know, it's obviously a sign of the end, God help me, uh, on and on and on. And God is on their side. Bad news. If you confess Christ, God is on your side. Well, that's just it. God, God is on my side as an Anglican. He's on the side of the Calvary Chapel pastor who thinks I'm an apostate. Uh, 
and he weeps over the division that we create amongst ourselves because we have this fallen desire to be right about everything. Huh. And one of, one, of the, one of the gifts that the Anglican community gives to me is the permission to be wrong. Uh, there are people who lean in Anglicanism toward Eastern Orthodoxy who are like Dr. Packer and are Reformed Anglicans. Right. Um, we have uh, Anglicans on the other side who are uh, just right on the line of being Roman Catholics, and there are actually Charismatic Anglicans. The actual the Charismatic movement in America started in an Episcopal church. Right. People don't know that. Uh, and so I can go and commune with all of my brothers and sisters in Christ who might look at things a little differently than I do. And because I'm allowed to, to do so, I can glean from the whole body of Christ. Right. That's, that's essential, I think. Well, what it does is make you believe stronger, makes your belief stronger, actually, doesn't it? It does for me. Yeah, because well, you think and read. That's the difference. You don't have the gift of discernment, though. If you did, no. you would live in a bunker or in Montana. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. I, I can't. But, but the sin here is the sin of division. And, and I mean, I see it. Uh, in myself, I see it with people from all of these different sects who are just convinced that they got it right, and they huh. got it right in, in in 1517 or 1560. You know, the canon closed with the last edition of the Institutes. Huh. It didn't. God, <clears throat> no, unfortunately, it. You know what we need. We need but, to change the name of the show. I know. We're, I was thinking of that too. And we need, you know, just a side road there for our listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah. We need to change the name of the show because I was thinking I, about I, that. I love and respect John Calvin's writings and and the body of work he left behind. I, I don't want to identify solely as someone who follows Christ and Calvin. Well, that's you? what's happened. I, I agree with you. You know, I was thinking of calling it the heretics hour because that's, if you read our mail, that's what we are now, heretics. That's true because these people have the gift of discernment. Of course they do, but here's the thing, though. Let's say, let's just uh, say, for instance, that the gift of discernment actually exists and there are other gifts that exist, obviously. If your particular gift, in this case discernment, doesn't point others to Christ, and it's not from God. And, and that's the deal with all these gifts. They're meant to uh, edify the body, not to divide it. And unfortunately, folks hide behind these things because maybe they have just a different agenda and they don't want to come off as uh, busting themselves, if you will. J.D. Hall, guys like him, I don't pay attention to them unless somebody sends me a link. Because it's really interesting. These guys all have the gift of discernment, they are, and yet they team up together years ago, and now none of them like each other. Where was your discernment then? Does it go on and off like vertigo? <laughs> I think that's probably the, the best um, uh, 
metaphor that there can be. <laughs> That's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. It, yeah, it, yeah. it is a lot like vertigo. Yeah, it just comes and goes. It's well, like, and uh, then you've got these guys with the gift of discernment against these other people with the gift of discernment, and they've discerned that everybody is going to hell. Including, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone Especially goes to those people. Yeah. You know, and there's 10 of us that, you know, are going to sit next to Jesus and we're going to have so much room to roam because it's just so very few of us that are going to make it there. That's true. I'm just tired of it all. I am just tired of it all. I told an English leader one time, I said, you know what you're having? You can fit everybody inside a small service elevator. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the reality is is that heaven's going to be packed. And, you know, go read Revelation chapter 7 if you really have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, But any time, and I I think you said this very well, if you're using uh, an alleged gift of the Spirit to divide the body of Christ, in my discernment, you are of the wrong spirit. That's a good call too. You know, I I have my disagreements because of a personal thing with Dr. James White. I, I've that's all over with for many years now. But one thing I will say is when he does something, he's always trying to point you to Christ. Always. I don't pay much attention to James White anymore. You I don't to. pay. Yeah, I used to, and I'll, his debates um, with. Uh, Roman Catholic priests with um, Mormons. Uh, James White's a very capable debater. And the one thing that I will say about James White is that he has always allowed people to define their beliefs as they believe them. (laughs) That's true. That's helpful. Okay. And And then he debates whether those are scriptural, et cetera, et cetera. But what, what we end up with is what we have today. Uh, you have uh, these big soap operas that, are, that come about with these parachurch leaders like James Y., uh, Michael Brown. Now, I have a, a, a fellow that follows me on Twitter and Facebook who's a huge Michael Brown fan. Okay. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a Michael Brown fan. Right. However, do I think that Michael Brown is a believer and is doing and saying things to the best of his ability in a spirit of, of trying to, to point people to Christ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Uh I don't. I don't need that input, however, because huh. some of that input is, in, in my personal view, a little out there. But you didn't damn him to hell, though. Oh no, no. I mean, I'm you sure didn't you call would. him dangerous as a jihadi. That's just insanity. Come More on. More dangerous to Christianity than a jihadi. And and what that assumes is that my version of Christianity is the only right one. I. I, I don't, I don't think that's true about my version of Christianity. I, I hold everything that I believe outside of 
a few essentials, most of which are enunciated in the in the creeds of the early church. Right. I hold a lot with an open hand. I I've I've been doing this now for thirty five years. Sure. And I've never stopped learning. And I appreciate so much the different views because even in the ones that I disagree with to a degree, there is a kernel of truth mm-hmm. that helps me get a fuller understanding of a God that I will never be able to fully understand in this life. And it should uh, make us humble and open to those people who disagree with us that are still Orthodox Christians in Christ and part of the family. Now, I have family I don't like. How about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I have family I do not invite to the house. Oh, for sure. I have family who I will never go to their house. For sure. They're still family. For sure. And sometimes they're going to be members of the family. You know, there's a reason why we worship in different churches. <laughs> there is. Amen. And, but that doesn't mean that they're my enemy. It doesn't mean they're possessed of a different spirit. It doesn't mean that I have to constantly be attacking them. I'm, I'm more concerned about how we live out the faith that we have than about the doctrines we hold about the faith that we have. Right. You know what I was always afraid of when I was a cessationist? That I would label something that was of God. You know, Matthew 12 is pretty poignant to me. This is kind of what got me out of a lot of that stuff. It says, therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, discernment would be something where you could probably say, wait a second now, that's probably not of God. But there are times when you can't say that. And yet, these folks out there, some of, a lot of these folks on both sides of the aisle and a few others too, will attempt to tell you what is and is not of God, and how do they know for sure? They don't. Let me tell you a quick story. Okay. When I was a very young man uh, and was coming out of my former life and moving into a life of of ministry Mm -hmm. i was being mentored by an assembly of god pastor okay one of the kindest greatest men of god i've ever known in my life right and and i would tell him occasionally now you're you know you're one of those pentecostals and i am a calvinist and he would smile and pat me on the head And he comes up to me after a morning service, and he goes, tonight we're having a service uh, of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, I will go ahead and stay home tonight. He goes, oh, no, no, no. You're coming tonight. 
and you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you are going to speak in tongues. Okay. And I said, um, uh, no, no, I'm really not. Uh, <laughs> and, and to honor him, I showed up. And they had, uh, you know, a, a guest evangelist there who was part of this process. And I, and I, I told my pastor, I said, now I'm not going to get up there and get in line. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't, I just don't, I don't believe this stuff is true, but I, I love you, but let me sit in the back. Oh, no, you're not. And so they had the line there. People were having hands laid on them, et cetera, et cetera. And he drugged me up there and I'm, I, I'm telling him as I'm going up, this is not going to work. I don't want to embarrass you. This stuff isn't real. And my pastor and this other ev evangelist laid hands on me and I didn't speak English for the next three hours. Wow. Was anyone able to uh, interpret what you were saying? I didn't want anybody to interpret what I was saying. I was so upset. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> that you were wrong? I was just beside myself mad. Really? Oh, I was, and and so I I would I went off and I I, I sat in the corner of the church, and, and people would come up and you know they're all they're all happy because this happened, <laughs> and I just wanted to chew everybody out and I right. could not. Now to this day, do I understand what happened there? No, I do not. Right? Did it have? any long-term ramifications? I don't know. I, I have no idea, but I know what happened. Right. And so, because I have that experience, I, I have to say when people tell me of other experiences, those things are possible. Possible. And, and why did God do it? Well, I needed to knock down about six notches because I'd read too much R.C. Sproul. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Huh? You know, though, it, the thing is, is that even if it wasn't from God, what you didn't do is blaspheme it because it could have been. I believe it was from God. Do I understand okay. why? No. Right. I have but, no clue. Right. I'm, I'm glad I'm speaking English today. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, so if you read our emails, you would think that we weren't. Well, what I know for a fact is that the love and care and prayers of those people into my life established a foundation where uh, 30 years later and, and having seen more garbage in the church than almost anybody in the country today, my faith is strong. Right. My, my faith has persevered against not, not just the things that I've seen in ministry, but lots of trials and tribulations in my personal life. Right. And the foundation for all that was laid by a bunch of people doing things that I didn't think were necessarily doctrinally sound. See, that's just it. I grew up in a church of Christ with the uh, non-singing, and then we went to the singing sometimes, and uh, they believe completely different things. You know, if you sing in church with a musical instrument, you're damned. 
And uh, it, it was interesting. But one thing they taught me to do, and probably why I didn't go completely off the deep end this last six, eight, ten months, well, they taught me that uh, they taught me the Bible. They taught me how to figure it out if I had to. Of course, it was tough, but at least my faith was strong. And I know that they probably, I know I probably have a wanted poster of me with the Church of Christ. <laughs> because most of my family are Church of Christ preachers who will never talk to me again. I mean, that's how hardcore it is, and that's fine. But uh, that's cool. I, I don't mind that. It's probably a better thing. It saves me a lot of money at Christmas. Amen. There you well, go. And, and, and just, just the last thing in this is that I am, what has kept me going all these years is that these Pentecostal brethren loved me no matter what. Right. You don't see that much today, do you? They loved me when literally when I walked into the church at 10 o'clock in the morning you could smell Saturday night just eking out of my pores. <laughs> <laughs> and the love that they showed me was the love of God for me. Right. I need to be a person who is passing that gift on to other people. And you because do every day. What these people, these discernment people are telling you is God's angry. And God is going to be really angry with you if you don't get this stuff right. Right. No, he's not. Christ didn't come to start a library. He came to start a church. And in that church, we were told they will know us by our love. Not by our doctrine, not by our distinctives, but by our love. And it's love that has kept me going and will take me home. And that should be the focus of what we're doing. Yeah, see, the first epistle to the Corinth church, or as I, I should get this right because I don't want anybody to breathe fire down me. First Corinthians, if that's what you want to call it doesn't stop at chapter 12 there's also a chapter 13 and if you read chapter 12 the very last verse and i oh i did this again michael i pulled up this stupid logos hold on a second um do you have your bible open by chance yes i do oh read that last will you read that last verse please of chapter 12 now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it and god has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets Third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is obviously no. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And that's exactly right. Noisy gongs, clanging cymbals. In other words, you're nothing more than a distraction. And unfortunately, we got plenty of those out there. I'll tell you what, though, Michael. You know, I got. we'll finish the show. 
I got an idea. I, uh, Michael's right. I've been thinking about this for a while. We need to change the name of this show. We don't ever talk about John Calvin anymore, um, which is fine. I mean, we do, I guess. But uh, so if you have a good idea for a name of this show, you can send Uh-oh. it to us. <laughs> well, well, that's okay. Uh, and we'll name you, of course. We'll have to rebrand the show. That'll take some time. We're going to take a break during the holiday season. So we're probably going to do that then. But if you got an idea for a name, leave a message in the comment section of the blog post that it's at. And it'll be fine. I promise you. And you know my last thing? I, I, do you ever have, have you ever had Ramen noodles? Yes. They're great, aren't they? Sometimes. Sometimes. You know that they have this thing I saw at Walmart the last time I was there, and I bought it. It was It's one of those cookers for the microwave. You put the brick in, you throw the water in right to the fill line, put it in for four minutes, it comes out perfect every time. I'm going to have that today. That's good, Phil. Oh, you didn't care about that, did you? I, I was trying to share more of my life. That's what they say. We don't share enough. Anyway, for Pastor that, that was That was a segue that I just fell off the face of the earth on, but I'm glad. I was very excited because <laughs> it's difficult to... Uh, cook these soup things on the run and the soup thing keeps my voice good you know because uh, i need my voice and i like ramen Amen. noodles and plus they're cheap as hell you know you buy buy a five pack at the dollar tree for a buck no yeah. it's, it's, it's good stuff it's great stuff for pastor michael noodle i'm phil nason thanks for listening to calvin's corner